0: For the announcements this morning, uh, before I welcome up our guest speaker, I'm going to read through the scriptures. That's going to be in Matthew chapter six. We're going to be starting in verse one. But I'm really excited for uh, uh, we're in our series, The Upside Down Kingdom, where we're unpacking Jesus' teachings on the Sermon on the Mount. And as we got to this section that we're about to read, uh, David Beavis, Pastor David Beavis, immediately was the person who came to mind as somebody who embodies these things. His faith embodies these things. He's come and preached to us before. He is the next-gen director and the young adults pastor at B4 Church, where I came from. He and I have spent a lot of our early years in ministry and in college together. He's a really dear friend, so I'm really, really excited that he's going to be here to share the word with us. But before he comes up, I'm going to read the passage, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Come on up, Pastor David Evis. Father, we thank you so much for uh, my friend David, and we thank you for the word that you prepared in him this morning that is so important for us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill this place, that you would fill David's words, and that we would be changed and transformed to look more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Good morning, Red Hills glad I get to be with you all this morning, uh, particularly this morning when the, the sound system like poops out, uh, I feel like especially honored, and, and here's why, uh, because before the first service started, I, I saw Lane, uh, my dear friend, who I've gone through the, the trenches with, and he was like, you know, uh, uh, scrambling, running around to, to set things up to have the sound system, and he, as he was like uh, you know, plugging in the cords to this speaker, I, I had a moment of reflection. Uh, Ten years ago, I remember when Lane uh, did one of those um, uh, church planting internships, uh, where he uh, you know he, he interned for a church plant. They have very little as far as like cash goes, so it was one of those like unpaid internships where they pay you in experience. Which um, George our students. <laughs> If ever you hear that as, like, an internship (laughs) opportunity, uh, don't do it. It's a (laughs) trap. It's also illegal. So, I mean, just, yeah. But I I remember Lane, you know, he was doing this internship with the church plant, and, you know, did the whole, like, setting up and and tearing down and all of that. And I I had this thought, ah, Lord, yes, the experience is paying off now (laughs) in this moment. So, Oh, I love your pastor. You have a good pastor. And I'm thrilled that I get to uh, do the teaching for this morning. So, you're in this series on Sermon on the Mount it's called The Upside Down Kingdom. And the Sermon on the Mount, yes, it, it seems like it's a list of do's and don'ts, but it, it's not so much a list of do's and don'ts. Rather, it is an invitation into being transformed from the inside out so that your life is aligned with the Values and the ways of the kingdom of God. This is this is about what a kingdom life looks like from the inside out. It involves our whole selves, not just doing acts of righteousness, but being transformed into people where acts of righteousness are natural. Uh, how many of you have ever done something, you know, externally like it's, it's a good thing? But you know your heart is not in the right place. Like, it's not coming from a place of love, but, but something else, maybe some selfish motivations. I remember uh, back in the summer of 2014, I just started as a, a, a part of a, a, a youth ministry. I was on the high school ministry team at a, a, at a church. And their junior high ministry at this church, they were running short, uh, as per usual, of leaders for summer camp. And they, they came to me, and they were like, hey, hey David, would you be interested in coming to our summer camp and being one of our captain leaders? And I was like, I've never really interacted with junior hires, so my experience is limited. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. I'll pass. I'm, I'm not a real big fan of camp anyways. And uh, they, they said, okay, well, we'll pay you. And I was like, okay, when do I need to show up? <laughs> and I showed up, and it was as if they'd hand-selected the... 8th grade boys who were also sociopaths <laughs> to be in, in my cabin. It was the worst week of my life. I kid you not. And I, I, I look back on that and I wonder to myself, would it have been as difficult of a week if I had gone into it with a heart for loving the kids and loving the Lord in the midst of it all? Uh, to teach me that lesson that I didn't learn at that time. The Lord made me a junior high pastor for three years. Uh, So, yeah. um, So the Sermon on the Mount is an invitation to life and life to the full, a life of freedom, freedom from hating one's enemies, freedom from from treasuring possessions here on earth that ultimately do not last and freedom from anxiously managing our reputation with outward acts of righteousness which is what our text is talking about this morning and what we're going to Imagine together. We're going to imagine what the world would look like if we, as followers of Jesus, we internalized this message of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. That that every act of generosity, every hidden act of love, every hidden prayer is seen by God. We don't need to to anxiously show off our righteousness before others, but it is seen by God. Because of this, we are free. From anxiously showing off and manipulating our our religious reputation, because our reward is not in the approval of others. Now, I want to name an apparent tension in this message, because in, in the text Jesus commends hidden acts of righteousness. However, before a little bit before in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus also says, hey, you know, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, there's this tension of Jesus commending hidden acts of righteousness, things done uh, that are unseen, and yet he says, let your light shine before others. So, what do we do with this tension? But should we care about how people see us? Let's talk a moment about reputation management, something that we all engage in in our daily lives, whether we realize it or not. Because good reputation is critical for success in business, critical for for a good social life. Because you know, if if you have an unfavorable reputation, people distance themselves from you. Am I right? Social media, in particular, has burdened us with platform management duties for our reputation. Everything we post as instance is accessible to the world, and it is open for scrutiny. Reputation management can be very demanding. If our goal is to, be, is to, to have everyone perceive us exactly how they want us to, Uh, exactly how we want them to perceive us. That is a viciously demanding and impossible task. And friends, confession this is a task that I try to to engage in myself. I deeply care about how people see me, how people perceive me. But, the question is, should we really care about our reputation? This Carry about our reputation, anxiously managing our reputation as an all-consuming, anxiety-inducing obsession. But the good news is, in a world of fear-based reputation management, the teachings of Jesus invite us into a better, more free way to live our lives. With that said, let's go back into the text. So, chapter uh, chapter six, verse one of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So this is focusing on the temptation to do acts of righteousness, to do good deeds, so that others see us doing them, to, uh, for others to see us as morally righteous and um, upright individuals. And, and in the Jewish thought, and in this context... The three main acts of righteousness that people thought of were giving to those in need, prayer, and fasting. If you are a first century Jew and you think of a righteous person, you think of someone who does those three things. It doesn't encapsulate all of righteousness, but these are the main pillars of what righteousness is in Jewish life. So Jesus is being intentional, selecting these three acts of righteousness in his teaching. So... Uh, he starts with giving to the to those in need. So verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, which just the imagery is hilarious. I think Jesus is being like really funny. Like, as the service of I the bucket. I had this image of like, uh, you know, every time someone like, you know, puts money in the bucket, you know, hold on, let me get my truck, and, and put like, you know, money. And it's just like that is ridiculous. But Jesus is is invoking the the ridiculous, the the, the borderline humorous to make his point. He says. Do, uh, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. <coughs> now, this word hypocrites, uh, this is a, in, in the first century thought, it is a demeaning term of someone who, who sees the world as their stage, and acts as a character, but yet deceives themselves into thinking that how they are acting is actually an accurate reflection of who they are internally, right? Which is not only deceiving the hypocrite, deceiving yourself, it is also a very burdensome Enslaving way to live When you cannot reflect what is True about you internally You have to play a character On the stage of the world Now I'm sure none of us know What that is like right (laughs) We really have to engage in our Imagination to imagine What that could be like These hypocrites are not Living freely They are putting on a show So verse 3 Jesus says Uh, Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Jesus then moves on from this act of righteousness of giving to those in need to prayer. Verse 5. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need, before your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, we're gonna have to skip over the, the Lord's prayer. Unfortunately, for the sake of time, we cannot dive in depth into it, but it it's Lane's fault. There's just too much text I <laughs> was given. And, and you know, just doesn't value prayer, okay, so if you have issue with that, just go ahead and email lane at speedyredhills.org or whatever, so, uh, so, we're going to, for the sake of, of, of uh, keeping with the logical flow of what Jesus is saying, we're going to skip down uh, into verse 16, where he then talks about fasting. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces, to show others they are fasting. And one of the commentaries I was using for my study of this passage, the the authors, they point out that there's a bit of a play on words here. Uh, they, They say, in short, by fasting, hypocrites make themselves invisible, unrecognizable, and dull before other people in order to be visible, recognizable, and shine before the same people. In contrast, Jesus taught his disciples Not to seek such recognition from other people, but from other. So Jesus then says, Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Now in those days, if you are a first century Jew and you are fasting, you are not only fasting from food, you are abstaining from all pleasures altogether one of the things that they would abstain from is putting oil on themselves because you know, in that area you your you're skin to get real dry real quick and this would soothe your dry skin. If someone is going around you know, with dry skin you can suspect that they are fasting. But Jesus here is saying, hey when you fast, put oil on your dry skin. Because you don't want to make it obvious to others that you are fasting. Because, your father who is unseen, your father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. You don't need to make it obvious to others. Your father who sees what is done in secret, he sees you. So you may have picked up on the pattern already. Uh, so the pattern of the teaching is this. So there are the, the three main acts of righteousness, not all encompassing, uh, all acts of righteousness, but the three main pillars of righteousness in Jewish thought. Uh, Jesus takes all three of them and uses them as examples. An example of uh, what not to do, which is do not be like the hypocrites who they you know, uh, blow their trumpets, they pray on the street corner, they make themselves like somber, all of that. Do not be like them. Why do they do this? In order to be seen by others. The result is this. They have received their reward in full. So an example of what not to do is given when it comes to these acts of righteousness. And then Jesus gives the the opposite, an example of what to do. So this this isn't necessarily the the examples of what to do. Aren't necessarily like, okay, this is exactly how you are to pray. This is exactly how you are to give. It's not like any time... You pray in front of people, you're like, oh, I'm sinning, I need to go into like, a secret <clears throat> room and close the door. Now, what Jesus is talking about here is, he, he's rather giving examples of what a kingdom-oriented heart posture would look like, reflected in action. Essentially doing the opposite of what the hypocrites do. It is doing acts of righteousness, not to be seen by others, but to be seen by your Father. And why do this? there's promises here. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus is promising us that we, we can have confidence that, that the, the righteous acts that we do in our life, they are seen by God. God sees us. Do you ever have this um, overall feeling as you go about your life of feeling as if uh, the Lord is watching you and is constantly disappointed? Like you're, you're going back get your groceries and you're just thinking like, oh, Lord, he is watching me all the time and is constantly disappointed that I'm, I'm not doing more, I'm not trying harder, I'm not a better person. What if we need to see that, that, that God is actually far better than we give him credit for? And maybe God sees the, the acts of righteousness, the good things we do, and delights them more than we give him Just a a thought. So, let's look at the pattern uh, in the text, uh, how this plays out. So, uh, chapter 6, verse 1 says, uh, so there's an example of what not to do. Chapter 6, verse 1, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. Verse 2, do not announce it with trumpets, talking about how it's giving to those in need. To be honored by others. Do not be like the hypocrites. Verse 5. Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Verse 16. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. And then the examples of what to do. Verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and praise your Father who is unseen. Verse 17. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father. And then we have the promise. Verse 4, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then verse 6, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Then down to verse 18, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, that your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Are you seeing what Jesus is saying in this? What is he not saying? He, he is not saying, don't do righteous deeds. In fact, it's, it's assumed that you are doing these acts of righteousness. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. He isn't even saying, don't do your righteous deeds before others. Because earlier, like we said earlier in the sermon, he says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father. It, we are not invited into being you know, anxiously, you know, avoiding doing anything good in front of people. That is not what the kingdom invitation is in this text. Like, if if Wayne were to go to, like, Pastor Kate and say, like, hey, can you, like, pray at the beginning of, of service, it, it would be weird for Pastor Kate to be like, oh, so sorry, Wayne, I can't, because I can't do anything righteous in order to be seen. I can't do anything righteous before others. Like, imagine if if you were volunteering in the kids' ministry and then like after volunteering you you know go up those stairs you know come to the next service and someone's like, oh are you just volunteering in the kids' ministry? You don't have to lie. You don't have to say no, I was teaching them to swear. Like that's not what we don't have to be overly anxious about doing good things in front of others. It is imperative as followers of Jesus that we live such good lives among others that they that they are drawn to Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 12 says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So here's the key, here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying beware of practicing righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Uh, the, the, so, Zambian uh, pastor Joe Capolio says this, that the person who gives alms, praise, and fast in order to gain a reputation for, for for piety falls into the trap of being a hypocrite. So, don't do these things for the purpose of religious reputation manipulation. Rather, that's, that's not what we are to do. We are... Here's where Jesus is getting at We are to have a different heart posture And what is that that heart posture to be? We are to be borderline indifference On whether or not we are noticed For our righteous acts Because who cares about our reputation That is (coughs) not our focus Our focus is on Jesus The German Lutheran theologian and martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this, Our task is simply to keep on following, looking only to our leader who goes on before us, taking no notice of ourselves or of what we are doing. We must be unaware of our own righteousness and see it only insofar as we look unto Jesus. Then it will seem not extraordinary, but quite ordinary and natural. Thus we hide the visible from ourselves in obedience to the word of Jesus. Being seen is not our focus. Jesus is our focus. Here's why we need to hear this message of this, this good news of freedom from bondage to reputation management. We live in a time of great anxiety and fear. I don't need to commit something any of you about that. And, and so many people go about their lives not knowing what their identity is, not knowing who they are, and are anxiously trying to, through through reputation management, give off an image to the world that they can convince of themselves is true, right? But this is deeply burdensome. The burden of obsessively caring about your perception is a heavy burden, and it will burn us out. If the life we desire is a life where everyone's thoughts of us are exactly how we want their thoughts of us to be, we are going to be disappointed. That is an impossible task.
0: Living a life
1: of reputation management is perfect. But Jesus offers us a different way. He invites us. It's a life in the kingdom of God. A life submitted to his rules, to his ways, where there is actually true freedom. Uh, A life of freedom to love God and love people. A life of freedom from the tyranny of reputation management. A life where we can do good things, but it's out of the overflow of love for God and for people, not out of a place of fear of managing our reputation. You see, the Sermon on the mount is getting at a heart posture, posture of intimacy, uh, intimacy uh, uh, between God and others, from a place of love. And from that place of intimacy, we are transformed from the inside out into the kind of people who can let our light shine before others, but not even be aware of it because it is simply out of the overflow of who we are from the inside out. Have you ever interacted with someone who they just? They, they exude love and goodness. And, and it's not even like coming from a fake place, it's just they are accurately reflecting the inward, inward reality of their soul. And this is, this is the invitation for us to become like those kind of people. Dallas Miller, the favorite author of Lane's and, and Mine, he, he says this, the kind of people who have been so transformed by their daily walk with God that, that good deeds naturally flow from their character, are precisely the kind of people whose left hand would not notice what their right hand is doing. Their deeds are in secret, no matter who is watching, for they are absorbed in the love of God and of those around them. They hardly notice their own deed and rarely remember it. This is the invitation for Jesus, for us to become like these so, what can we do in partnership with God's spirits to, to combat the the deceiving, enslaving spirits of reputation management? What, what can we do? Dallas Willard recommends the the practice of secrecy, doing something intentionally in secret. This could look like giving something in secrecy. But about ten years ago, I was just starting out in local church ministry and. Yeah, you know, I, uh, unlike Lane, I actually was getting paid, but it was really, really uh, small, so I, it was, I, it was one of those, like, seasons of, like, man, I could barely, like, I could barely go out on a date, this is a situation, and my mailbox at, at work, randomly, like, there was a, 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 a envelope with, with uh, no name attached to it, it was just, like, you know, it was in my mailbox, and inside of the envelope was a $20 billboard. With no name of, like, who it was from. To this day, I have no idea who gave that. So what could giving, specifically in secrecy, look like with you? Maybe it's secrecy in prayer. There's a, a woman at our church who, um, she, uh, every morning shows up at our church campus, 6 a.m., and, and shows up, and, and she she prays. She prays that there would be revival in her city. I don't know how long she's been doing this, but she does it faithfully every day. And no one knows this except the Lord and her. Okay, and me, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but she does this how of secrecy. as the time between her and the Lord. Do you have a time of secret her, prayer where it's just between you and the Lord? Maybe it's secrecy and, and fasting, and that, that may look like you, know, uh, you know, but giving up food for a set period of time, like 24 hours, and not not announcing it to anyone. Or maybe you're giving up something else, but not announcing that to anyone. Or secrecy and you know, fill in the blank. But maybe whatever you, you fill in the blank with, whether that's like volunteering or helping someone out, May that be between you and your Heavenly Father, who sees what is done in secret. The goal of this discipline of secrecy is to train our character to be formed in the image of Christ, so that our light authentically shines from a place of true righteousness, a righteousness that is, is transformed by the love of Jesus This invitation is uh, something that's deeply close to my heart because, uh, like I said, it, reputation management is like, that has been the, that's been one of the, the enslaving burdens that I've walked through, walked life with. It, I care deeply about my own reputation. But over the past few years, the Lord has been taking me on this journey of, of loosening the anxious grip of my own reputation and, and releasing that and instead embracing the life of love, loving God and loving others, life of the kingdom. And this invitation is open to us all. And imagine, imagine what what Gamble County would look like if you as a community, as followers of Jesus, live such good lives that they wonder what it is about your life that makes you this way. And you are oblivious to it because your focus isn't on your own acts of righteousness. No, your focus is not on the lights that you give to those around you, but your focus is on the light that... So I want us to take a, a moment, take a, a minute to just sit in silence and to reflect on this. And I want you to spend some time just talking with the Lord. It's just between you and God. Just be, be asking, all right, Lord, what is something that I am being invited into, to do it? And this isn't something to, like, announce to your, your neighbor or... Uh, Announce on social media. No, this is just something between you and the Lord. Uh, it's something that God is inviting you to do today, this week, but it's just between you and your Father who sees what is done in secret. So let's just take a moment and uh, just be asking the Lord what his, uh, what his desire is for us in this. Tell the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you